Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Today I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. It's an Israel line. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus here it is finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is any worth of praise think about these things What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And here it is. And the peace of God will be with you. Hey, over the next few minutes, I'm hoping that you're taking notes, especially the team who got brand new notebooks. And I want to preach to you from this idea or from this subject. Get the pros. Get the pros. Get the pros. Let me pray. Father, I love you. God, I, I know... Sometimes we want it the easy road. And, and Father, we want to hear things, Lord God, that make us feel good and help us to run through brick walls. And Father, next Sunday, we'll start running through brick walls and giving some messages that encourage today. We need to do work. And Father, this isn't a, a ballroom. This isn't a dance floor. Father, this is a surgical medical unit, Lord. And Father, there are hearts that are going to be open, Lord. There are serious issues, Lord God, that are present. That, Father, it's not an eloquent message. It's not a cleverly played piano, Lord God, a set in atmosphere. Only you can do that work, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would remove me and my wife out of this way, Lord, that you would speak and that you would heal hearts. Father, we trust you, Lord God. So, Father, help us today. Speak to us, Lord. Let it be your words and not minds, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, if you're expecting for God to do something in your life, would you put your hands together? Oh, come on, if you're believing for God to speak, would you put your hands together? Amen? amen. Get the pros. Um, a few years ago, me, my wife, uh, Nunzi, and some of the other, uh, some of my children, we were at a party with some friends. And about 11 o'clock at night, we decided it was time to cut out and we decided to come home. Um, and on our way to the house, I get out of the car. I don't think nothing of it. You know what I mean? We go in through the garage because that's what Georgia people do. And as we go in through the garage, I allow um, Nunzi as well as my, my two boys, they go, or my daughter, I think was with her. And they go through the garage, they go inside of the house. Um, and I remember that at that moment, as I walk into the house and Nunzi, listen to me, Nunzi's from Carroll City. That's a city in Miami. Um... It's not Buckhead. You feel me? Like, it's not, it's the opposite of Buckhead. Uh, well, Buckhead is pretty wild right now. Um, you would know, Carlos. Um, but, but, but Buckhead, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that. It's, you know. Bro, Nunzi ran out of my house screaming with my kids. There's somebody in the house. So I'm saved, but I ain't all the way saved like that. You know, like, and I, I can't carry no pistols or nothing. So I ran in the house and grabbed the knife. I was like, we just, you know, in Jesus name. And, uh, and I'm like, I ran in the house. I'm like, I'm looking. She, I was like, where are they? And she's like, I don't know. I seen a figure run across. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, there's somebody in the house. So I'm like, yo, I got to protect my family. So I'm walking, I'm opening doors. I'm doing all this stuff. And I say, nuns, where'd it go? She said, I think it went under the TV. <laughs> 
I said, hold on. No, how big was it? She's like, about this big. <laughs> I said, dang, I thought it was a human, dog. And dog, that created and began a three-hour search. Um, because as I decided to get a, we had this fake gun that my son had. It's like an old musket. And I get under the TV. And when I get under the TV, I start hitting it. And bro, and it was a, a little rat about this big, little mouse, runs at me. Yo, I almost cussed in the spirit. I mean, I jumped up on the couch and everybody fell over. The couches were everybody, little tiny little mouse. But we lost our minds. So all of a sudden, we're like trying to, and yo, I, I can't even make this up. These, they're evidence. The, yes. if it looked like the mouse just, y'all gonna blur me out, but y'all be all right. It looked like the mouse did like this. He said, oh crap, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and then he just, pew, 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 pew. And then he went into our AC closet. So when he went into the AC closet, we said, that's it, we got him. We got him. So I remember I had a broom and I was like, I'm away from him. I'm going to kill him. So I'm like, he's going to come out. He's going to come out. I start hitting the door, everything, nothing. Yo, how about we got chloroplast, right? So uh, these big four by eight sheets of plastic that we used to do stuff at the church with. And we create, I was trying to look for the video, but I couldn't find it. We created this wall from the outside door of the, of the, of the, of the closet. Yeah. All the way around to the outside of our door. We opened the door up. Mosquitoes and all. We don't care. We got to get this thing out of there. And then we created. So we had a tunnel. On both sides of the tunnel was me with a knife. I don't know what I was going to do with that. My wife had the musket. <laughs> oh, Nunzi had the musket. Nunzi had the musket. Had My wife had a, had a broom. Had a and here we are like, we're going to get this thing. And I remember reaching over, right? And I said, I'm going to open the door and I'm going to throw something in there to make sure that it comes out. So, bro, I go over there and we're like, ah, right, here we go. We're going to do it. I, I know there's a video of this, man. Yeah, and we're great. sitting there like, ah, right, let's go. We're going to do it. You ready? I'm going to open the door. Let's, ready? Three, two, one. Ah! We all screamed. And we're like there. I start hitting it with the broom, trying to get it out. And I'm like, dang, nothing comes out. Okay. And I'm like, hold on, man. This is, ah, I start yelling. Like, if the thing's going to be like, don't yell. I'm coming out. I'm sorry. But I start hitting. And all of a sudden, we were like, okay, cool. And I said, you know what? I'm going to cross the barrier. You know, I was a gang member my whole life. I'm about this life. So I go over there and I start putting and digging my hand through the AC. And I'm like, dog, there's nothing there. And then I noticed in the back corner of my AC room that there was a hole. I said, dang. This was two hours later, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this was a whole event. This was a movie. This should have been definitely produced by Michael Bay or something. No, I mean, it was ridiculous. Hole in the ground. And I'm sitting, I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God, dog. So me and my wife, we decided the stupidest idea that we ever had. We got rat poison and we threw it in the hole. Like, bro, if it dies, it's going to smell the entire house. But we didn't know. We just wanted it to die. So we threw rat poison and then we put like, I think we put like a plug and then we put bricks on it. We put books. I don't even know what we put, like a Bible. We sealed the bottom of the door, like everything. We sealed it. We put like a shirt. We were like, this thing is going to die. We're never going to see it again. <laughs> and then we went to a conference. Yeah, because we had to go out of town that weekend. Yeah, we went out of town. Well, I think we were in Alabama. And yo, what's crazy is that that was the most uncomfortable sleep that I ever had in my life. And what happened was that in that moment, something was birthed out of it that I think God showed me. Um, <laughs> it, it might not be completely true, but I know that I felt like God showed me this. And it's the idea that we've always said this thing, uh, whatever you don't know or what you don't know won't hurt you. You ever heard that? What you don't know won't hurt you. That's a lie. What you don't know will kill you. I thought the rat was going to kill us. He was going to come in my sleep and nod on my, on my little juggler. Oh, no. And it was just, I'm going to die because of the rat. But for so many of us, we live in this space that 
We try to put things in the background. Well, what he did, what she said, what I did, what I said. We, we put it in the background and we're like, well, what, what nobody knows won't hurt them. And what I'm not really addressing, honestly, if I just put it in the background, it's not really going to hurt me. But can I tell you, when it comes to the idea and to this root word that today we're going to talk about, when it comes to fear, what you don't know will actually kill you. Yeah, that's so true. Fear, is, it's, a, it's an emotion. And it's a vulnerable emotion. It's something that every single one of us struggle with. And not only do we struggle with it, um, because it's such a vulnerable emotion, we tend to hide behind it. And we hide other emotions in front of it. So a lot of, a lot of people, they struggle with uh, anger or, or, they, or, they, or they struggle with depression or maybe even anxiety. And if you get down deep down to the root of what is causing the depression, the anxiety, the anger, the controlling manipulative ways that you have, the behaviors that you have, fear is the root of it. So fear is often, it's, it, what it does is it, 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 um, it attacks your identity of who you are. It, it breaks apart the foundation of God, what he created you to, to be. And, and the enemy knows that. So the enemy is going to do everything that he can in his power to create fear in your life and use that to break down who you are in Christ. Sometimes we, we have to um, understand that in the Bible, God understands that we are going to be struggling with fear. In the Bible, if you look up how many times God tells us not to be fearful? There's literally three, in some, in some versions of the Bible, 365 instances where God says, do not fear. So obviously this is an issue that is not, is not just, okay, that's just that one person who's just really fearful. It's something that every single one of us are struggling with. So much so that God said, I'll give you 365 verses there's how many? 365 days in the year, a verse for each day of the year because you're struggling with fear and it's going to be a constant thing. So I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to reinforce that, that, that fear is something that, that is a gateway to some of the biz, biggest mistakes that, that we can make in our life. But not only that, there's some... This is a gateway that if you look back in the Bible, the biggest, some of the biggest mistakes that the people of God ever made were based upon fearful decisions, fearful actions. It's all rooted in that fear. Yeah, I think my biggest, if I can talk about from identity, soul care issues, I think I, I, the reason why we went on this soul care journey and I think God spoke to us and really literally changed our marriage, changed my personal life. Obviously, Rob Reimer, his book, Soul Care, has been instrumental. He's become a dear friend. He's helped us through a lot, helped me through a lot. Um, but I think one of the things that I realized, or I didn't know, was that I was carrying fear for so long, my entire life, and I had no idea. Um, many of you know my story. Um, I joined, I came from Cuba in my mama's belly, um, 1980 Mariel Boatlift, as a Cuban immigrant in a city in Miami, Florida that was absolutely inundated with gangs. I joined my first gang when I was eight years old. I went to jail two times as an eight-year-old. I got kicked out of two schools as an eight-year-old. I would fight whoever was in front of me. And I went through life where I was 16 or 19 years old. I had been to jail 13 different times. I had bullet holes in my body, my neck ripped open, my head split. I, had, I was a disaster. 
and you would look at me and you would say, there's no fear in that guy. In the neighborhood where we were from, it was like, yo, I wanted people to know that I didn't have no fear. But then I, I confronted as a believer, I got saved when I was 19 years old. I got sentenced to five years in prison. Those five years in prison were where God discipled me. He caused me to lead other men to Jesus. Like I was the cool Christian guy that played sports better than a lot of people and that I was also a rapper. So God would use those things and I would bring people and had really people who were really dangerous that will never see the light of day crying at the feet of Jesus because we were able to pray with them. That's my life. That's my story. But then when I got out of jail, you know, I met this bad thing and I, I continued to to live to live my life um and I I just didn't know how much fear had led me down the path that I was on yeah. because what I thought was that I was bravado I thought if you told me for some I'm gonna date myself some of y'all remember this these jits don't know about this stuff but remember when people used to tell you oh we're gonna fight at three o'clock that was a thing like you knew what time it was at three o'clock Josh, you know, it's like, all right, let's be trying to stretch. The whole day, you're sitting in the class like, God, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to just hit him. I'm going to uppercut him. You know, I'm going to kick him and run. I'm going to just swing on him. When he, I'm gonna just, and you, you the whole time. Well, here's the thing. I would never allow for a three o'clock fight to happen in my life. The moment that I was told, hey, at three o'clock, we're going to fight. I would fight on the spot. And I always thought it was because I was a tough guy. Let's go. We No, it was because I was so filled with fear. Because when I was four years old, I had to identify this in my own life. This is how this journey started. When I was four years old, my mom worked from seven o'clock in the morning. She would leave me breakfast. I was a latchkey kid and she wouldn't come home till 11, 12 o'clock at night because she worked two separate jobs. So as a five-year-old, I'm sitting at the house with all the lights on, with the television on until the American flag came on and then the TV went off. Y'all know about that there. And the, the snow came on and it was like, and it was, but it was my life and I was, and I, I would have a knife. I'll keep the lights on and I'm like, nobody's ever going to hurt me. And the fear transformed into anger and then the fear transformed into this bravado where now I'm out the house eight years old and I'm on the streets because I'm scared to be home by myself so now what I thought was bravado anger tough guy it was really just rooted in fear and it wasn't until I understood that that I said God I got so I have so much fear that now when I get angry the first question I ask myself is why am I angry right now What's happening with me right now? What am, I what am I afraid of? And then God begins to speak to me. Well, you're afraid of rejection. You're afraid that this person is going to walk away from you. You're afraid of et cetera, et cetera. The children of Israel, they, give, they get given this task. Well, bro, God splits the Red Sea wide open. They walk on dry land. It's like Nemo on one side, Ariel on the other side. They get to the other side. The waters fall on Pharaoh. They had seen 10 plagues had hit Pharaoh. I mean, they saw all these evidences, I mean, of just miracles. And yet God tells them, I'm going to bless you. And the moment that God tells them, I'm going to bless you, they go into the land. They come back. 10 spies are terrified, filled with fear. How many things has God... This thing that I'm doing right now, being a pastor, preaching, how much has God told you that this is what you're supposed to do? But you pee on yourself a little bit when you think about it because there's so much fear and you're literally, you're literally shortchanging so much of your destiny, your purpose, what God has over your life because of fear. Do you see how much fear plays a part in it that you won't dare to sign that job application? Yo, I'm going to be very honest. I'm not telling you to quit your job. Listen to me closely online. Watch me. I'm not telling you to quit your job, but how many of us, God has been telling us to do something and because of the paycheck that we're getting from our current job, we're so terrified that if we step out on faith and we don't get that consistent paycheck, 
We feel like we won't even step into the territory or into the dreams that God has asked us to because we're getting a, that once that direct deposit, I call it the ministry of direct deposit. When that direct deposit hit, your dreams go down the drain because you're fearful. Yeah. I yeah. think as we look at scripture, we see it all through life that there's this, there's this fear that hits men and they make really bad decisions. Saul was afraid of an army. He consults a Midian, I mean, a, a, a witch. He loses the entire kingdom. How many things have we lost because of fear? Yeah. So I want to encourage you today, but there are, there are, there are some remedies that we have to fear. The first thing is, is we can either act in fear or we can act in faith. But here's the thing, you can't act on both at the same time. So it takes a decision. So how do you make a decision? How do you go? We've gone through this so many times through all these soul care things. But first and foremost, you have to ask God to search you. In Psalms 139, 23 through 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. We got to get real with God and we got to just like Chino has described how he went through this journey of finding why does he get so angry and asking and questioning himself. We got to go to God and say, why do I do this? Why am I so fearful? What has happened? Search me. Know me inside. Search these anxieties. Search why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. Look into the places that if you can identify are going to kill me because of this fear. Absolutely. I think you, you absolutely have to ask God to search you. Lord, stop for a little while. Like, go home and don't jump online. Don't jump on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Netflix. Uh, don't jump in the McDonald's line. Take some time and ask God, Lord, search me. Where are there some areas that I might have fear? But I, I think you have to ask God to search you. But then I also have to, you have to ask God for his peace. Because fear is this thing that's inside of you. That when it's there, it's like you lose all peace. Like you can't think clearly. It, it boggles you. And God has given us a promise. John chapter 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives it to you. I do not give you a stimulus check to give you a fake observation of your finances. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid God is telling you yo I got you I'm gonna replace it so there are these moments that you have to open up your hearts and you have to say God I am filled with fear right now identify what's happening Lord search me and then in that moment say God I want you to replace this fear with your peace we just read it Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 the opening scripture says don't be anxious for anything but everything through prayer and supplication make your request known to God God I'm praying that you would give me your peace and the Bible says and the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus your hearts are your feeling your minds are that constant toxic hole that you get into that it's just a big old circle of like I am about to die but you got to get to the space where you trust God now here's what I want you to understand does that mean that the circumstances are just going to go away no that's temporary relief we're talking about kingdom principles here. Everything around you might not change, but everything inside of you will find a steady peace. What will happen is that you will be shaken around, but you won't be stirred on the inside. And it allows for you to build this faith and this trust with God, regardless of how things work out. But you have to identify it. I think is what my wife said. Yeah. You have to identify it. Definitely. You have to identify the fear. Self-awareness, we've said it several, several times over and over again. It's the gateway to freedom. So if you want to find freedom from fear, you want to find 
um, freedom from being afraid of things or, or the, the anger or the anxieties that you feel, you need to become self-aware. Now, you first have to invite God in, just like we said. You got to have him search you out. You have to have a, a surrendered heart and realize that you might have an issue with fear. But then you have to identify it. So you have to identify it by, by, by when, when it actually strikes up. Chino says, when he feels angry. But some people don't get angry when they get fearful. Some people get anxious. Some people get depressed. Some people deal with it differently. So when you went, because remember, there's the idea that people talk about fight or flight. So you, there are some people who flight. Well, so why all of a sudden do you feel like you absolutely have to like go into your room? I don't want to deal with this. And I don't, don't want to talk this. about it. And you walk talk away about and you ignore it. Or, or, or you feel like, you know what? I can't we deal. We don't talk about this. Now, there's a, there, there are interesting. You know, there's introverted people and they like to go away and that's how they refresh and rejuvenate. That's fine. But if, it, if there's something going on in your life that's causing you this anxiety and the first thing you want to do is withdraw and go away into a little hole. I remember last week where I said you put up all your walls of defenses. There's something there. You're afraid of a conflict. You're afraid of having a conversation. You're afraid of an argument, something like that. And it's fear-based. Well, why are you afraid to have that conflict? Well, because that conflict might turn into, well, I don't like you very much anymore. And there's rejection there. So we have to understand that we need to identify what is the root cause of our fears. Yeah. Um, the, the, the first one, for you to identify the fears, for you to see it. Okay, I see fear in my life. Because some of y'all are just thinking, you're like, yo, this is a cool message. I like it. You know, oh, that's awesome. But I don't think I have that. Well, start identifying it. Do you get into a space sometimes where it's fight or flight, where you boo up and get mad and get louder than everybody in the house? Or do you just say, man, I'm not dealing with that. And do you walk away from it? I think the second way to identify it is that you have to identify the root fear. Remember I said sometimes fear, it gets masked with anger and all these other things. So you have to identify what is really happening happening here why did I just say that why did I just think that way why did I just respond that way why do I do these things and begin self-awareness like my wife said is a pathway to freedom what is happening inside of me I was uh sitting there watching online one day one of our church services you'll never know when long time ago and as I was watching it there were some things that happened in the church services that bothered me because as I'm watching online I wasn't here obviously as I'm watching online I'm like man why is this nobody cares I was so frustrated in my heart that I've learned to identify these things that I say, hold on, why am I so mad about this right now? And I say, God, I, I need you to search my heart. Give me peace, search my heart and tell me why do I feel like this? I need to identify it. And the Lord revealed to me, I mean, it was so fast. It was like, you're afraid. And the reason why you're afraid is because you think there's a cable that everybody can see. You think because of the way that they said certain things or a transition happened or a camera angle that people are going to look at that and say, I'm never coming to this church. There was a cable on the ground. Bro, how stupid. But, but how many times don't we do that? Because the way my shirt is, I wore a flower shirt. People going to look at me and be like, oh my God, he's too tropical. He can't be a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, but think about it. How many of those things do you do in your own personal life? Yeah. That they're fear-based, that you don't do certain things because you're afraid. You haven't even published your first blog. Do people still blog? You haven't published your first blog because you're so terrified of what people, you got a song inside of you, you got beats, you have everything and you still haven't even recorded, you haven't sung that song because you're afraid of what people will give you because the root fear isn't fear, it's rejection. So you have to identify that fear. And it's crazy because because everyone's struggling with it so much so that sometimes you don't even realize what's going on. 
where you don't even think, you think it's normal, actually. There is no, you like, that's why you have to bring it to God and ask him to search you because then he can help you identify it and you can find the root of it. And then you can recognize when it manifests. So fear manifests itself with behaviors, characters, characteristics, it with the other emotions. And the manifestations is the indication that you need to do something about it. So once it starts striking up, you might just say, well, I'm just a, an angry person. No, 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 no. There's something wrong with that. You're not just an angry person. There is a root. So once it manifests, that gives you say, oh, and sometimes you say, well, that's just been my normal life my entire life. But what God is calling us in is into freedom. So when it begins to manifest, what, well, let me say, well, maybe that is something wrong. Maybe I'm not so introverted as I think I am. And the reason why I go to be away and I use that as an excuse is because I don't want to deal with something that I'm afraid of. It's huge, man. That's huge. So for you to, you have to identify it. There's a manifestation of it. There's a root. There. It's something deeper than just the fear. And then you got to figure out when you feel that adrenaline rush, is it fight or flight? What's that adrenaline rush about? Why did I just feel that? Like I got to boo up and get more angry or louded, uh, loud, louded? Loud. Get more loud. Get more loud. Uh, all right, cool. We drug you through the mud. You're like, oh my God, I have fear. I get it. Me too. Awesome. Cool. I, I. We've identified it. There's areas in your life that you probably have fear. How do we remedy? How do we actually overcome fear? And I think in this season of life that we are, not only as, as a nation, but I think as a world, how do we overcome it? And I'm going to give you five quick tools, six ways real quick. We're going to run through these, but I want you to take time to apply these. The reason I'm yes. going to run through these is because this is where the work comes in. This is your yes. homework. Here's where you have to start applying these things. If you relate to anything that we said, and there could be a seed of, 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 of fear inside of you, we got to work through these. Number one, how do you overcome fear? Number one is that you have to worship. This is, this is a key to the kingdom that God has given us. I mean, there were times that Israel would go to march in battle and there would be armies that would triple, quadruple the size of their army. And all they did was put the worship. I don't know if that's a good strategic. Like, bro, if I'm going to go fight with some people, I'm not going to put the guy that's always singing that has the great. Chris Brown is not going to be in the front. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him in the front. I want Mike Tyson in the front. Like, I need somebody who's going to throw hands, not sing with your voice. Hallelujah. No. Like, I need you to grab a sword. And, but God would put worshipers in the front. And the battle will end on the spot the moment that they would sound their trumpets or they would sing because God is in the midst of worship. The Bible says that he is enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned means that he kicks up his lazy boy. He does the little handle thing where he puts his feet back up in the middle of your worship. And I dare a demon in hell to try to get in the midst of that because God is enthroned in that. So when you begin to worship and open up your mouth, God begins to do things. We read it at the beginning of the scriptures in Philippians chapter 4, the second shortest verse in the Bible. Rejoice always. Yeah, so number one, worship. Rejoice God, for God, for the things he's done, for the things that he will do. And the second thing we want to talk about is, is, is gentleness. And, and I know that that's kind of confusing, but the idea is just to slow down and surrender. The idea is, is to when you begin to feel and it starts to manifest inside of you, take a moment, take a deep breath. When you get really angry, take a, take a walk. If you feel yourself reverting into like putting up self, you know, uh, mechanisms and, and walls and, and you know what, take a moment, get into God's word. And, and it says in Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. 
be gentle with yourself first and foremost, but also realize I need to surrender. I need to slow down. I need to see what God really wants to say about this fear that I'm feeling right now. Whenever I just start feeling the anxieties pull up inside of me, hey, be still and know that I am God. Trust God that he knows you better than you know yourself and that he wants to work on you. He wants to show you. He wants to reveal to you and he wants to set you free. Um, Carlos, um, we love him and he is amazing. He has served. How many mayors have you served in Atlanta? Three mayors? Three mayors. He's a personal uh, police officer, been in the force for 20 2200 years and he's been he's been in the police force for 22 years and he's seen a lot of things and he's protected and he's served so many of the different mayors in atlanta and has done a, i mean just a great friend of ours incredible story and a miracle story you guys heard last easter sunday um but he um as well as those that are in the uh fire and those that are in the ems they're not called first reactors they're called first responders so i think what lid hit was on the head don't react so fast just let your gentleness be evident to all hold on let me just because i want to punch you in the face but i'm just gonna i want to run away right now but i'm just let me just be gentle so be gentle and then number three fix your eyes on jesus just take your eyes off of the problem because nothing is more encouraged in this world than bravado pride anger strength that's encouraged but it's never encouraged to just shut up sometimes It's never encouraged to just relax. Like, yo, let breathe for a second. That stuff is not encouraged. As a pastor, working 27 hours a day, as a businessman, working 29 hours a day, that's encouraged. I mean, it's applauded. Everybody's like, yeah, he's grinding. Look at him working. He don't spend no time with his wife. His kids hate him. But yo, he's killing it. Look how much money he has. He's successful. And it's encouraged to be unhealthy. It's never encouraged to go take a freaking vacation. Like, it's not encouraged to sit down and turn your phone off and, like, just relax. Take a nap. That's not encouraged. That's not spoken about. It's spoken about in our house. Yeah, all the time. But, but take your eyes off of what the world is doing and fix your eyes on Jesus, who he himself was carrying the word of the world, not just the business. He wasn't a Fortune 500. He was carrying all eternity in his heart. And he had moments where he would retreat and be able to rest and chill because he had his eyes on God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, and remember... Everyone goes through fear. Everybody is struggling with something. Remember I said there's 365 times where God says, fear not, because he cares about this. And he knows where we're living and what we're struggling with, but he is also a redemptive God and he's a restorative God. So when we find ourselves in, in these situations and, and, and you know, where Chino says he, he, he goes towards uh, anger and, and me, myself, I go towards, I'm gonna flight and I'm, I'm gonna go hide myself away. Instead of going to those things to comfort us, instead of going to drugs, instead of going to alcohol, instead of going to people, We got to position ourselves in Christ because he wants to redeem those things. He wants to redeem the suffering. He wants to redeem the fear. He wants to redeem. Because remember, we said identify the root. A lot of the fear is just rooted in rejection or something's wrong with our identity or there's something that is off with, with a hurt. Or, or, or a wound that we've experienced. And God wants to redeem. He wants to redeem the pain. He wants to redeem the fear. And he wants to make it good because he loves us. Romans 8:28, right? That he, 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 get, he will redeem the things for good because he loves us because we are going towards him and following who he is. Absolutely. Understand that there's redemption in suffering. And then I think that you have to surrender. 
I think you got to get to a place when things happen that are not the way that you wanted it to be. We, the first thing that all of us, me, everybody says is why? Why didn't this happen? Why did this happen? And I think what we can do when we surrender, it changes the question of why to God, how can you use this? They hurt me. I'm not minimizing that they hurt you. They did that. They really did that. They, they were dead wrong in what they did. I understand how much pain you have in your heart. But man, when we surrender it to God, we begin to ask questions like, God, how can you use this? How can you speak through this? What can you do with what I'm saying? And how can you make me better through this? How can you lead somebody to you by my pain and by the things that I'm going through right now? So I think peace is often a byproduct of a surrendered heart. That's yeah. the truth. You surrender your heart and peace comes in. You think that if you got to figure it out, no, I gotta, I'm got going to make it happen. But if you just say, yo, God, take care of it. That's where peace enters to the heart because it's a surrendered heart. Yeah. And the last thing, number six, is take action. And we've been talking about making it work and doing the work and doing what you need to do. But you need to take action when there's fear in your life. And everybody, like I said, deals with it. You can't, you can't act in fear and you can't act in faith at the same time. Courage is necessary, right? But, but everyone says, oh, well, it's not so great to be courageous and whatever, and I'm still scared. Well, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is moving forward and doing what is right, even if there is fear. So we have to take action. We have to build up courage inside of us. However that, however that is to you. Sometimes it's for some people, they just gotta go and get with God and they'll get the courage to do it. Some people, they need to go get friendships. Go to a G group, go to your sisters and brothers in Christ. Find someone that can encourage you to do what you need to do, to get past the fear. Gino is my biggest encourager. When I don't want to come up here, and this is the biggest thing, and I think I've grown, I think if you've seen and you've been here with us long enough, how I've grown, to, but I am afraid to be in front of people and speaking. But she gets God, mad at me, bro. I'm yeah, like, babe, can you preach? I hate you. <laughs> I'm not doing it. He's like, what about the people? I said, I love the people, but I don't want to do it. Okay? Because it's a fear inside of me. And I've, I've understood that a lot of the fears that I struggle with is all just due to a rejection. Well, what if somebody doesn't like what I said? But what if somebody laughs at my joke but wasn't really funny, you know? It's all built in that. And that's where my fear comes from. But find someone that's going to take action. And guess what? I, I gripe and complain about it, but I took action. I come up and do it. And then God shows me a little bit. And that's how I've seen on my journey where I've grown in it. Because the first time I did it, I was scared to death. But then everybody's like, hey, you did a good job. And it kept happening. Hey, you did. It wasn't so bad. You did better. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And the more you take action, the fear begins to dissipate. Absolutely. As we close out this service or, or this series, um, I, I think if you if you put your eyes on this, right? So how do we overcome fear? Worship. Spend time with God. Um, be gentle. Relax. Don't react so fast. Respond. Be still, know that he is God. You fix your eyes on Jesus. You allow for there to be redemptive suffering. In the suffering, let God redeem it and then surrender it to him. It's not a why question, it's a how question. And then take action. Actually begin to take the steps. Don't just think about it in your brain and let it go, but actually begin to take the steps. But I don't know if you noticed it or not, but all of these things and everything that we've talked about up until this point, when we talked about identity, when we talked about repentance, when we talked about um, forgiveness and family sin patterns, when we talked about healing wounds, and even today when we speak about fear all six of these things the remedy of these things is jesus 
It's the gospel. It's the good news that he came to redeem us, that he came to save us, that he came to rescue us. That rat tortured me that night. I mean, bro, I was sitting there and I would hear if, you know, sometimes on your roof, like, I don't know, like something was scratch or anything. I'm jumping out the bed trying to fight with the rat. Like, bro, the rat ain't got no hands. Like, I'm trying to kill him. Like, man, we got to get a gun. She's like, bro, it's a rat. It's a, it's a mouse. It's like this big. But Nunzi said it was huge. It's this big. It's nothing. And uh, I remember that we called some people and we got a professional guy to go in there. Remember that guy? He was yeah. super weird. You remember that guy, Nuns? Super weird. And um, and he came in there. He was like, yo, you got to make sure that you don't ever throw pellets down there because if they got a family of mice down there, they're all going to die. And your house is going to smell like that for a month straight. He's like, you shouldn't have done that. And then the dude goes, yo, I'm talking about this dude is a G. This guy goes to my backyard. He goes under, I had a crawl space. We didn't have a, ba a, a basement. We had a crawl space. So the crawl space was probably like three feet. He goes, he opens the door and he goes completely inside there, which I would have never done that. I could care less. My kids could be down there. Y'all got to figure it out, my guy. <laughs> yo, he, he goes inside there. And when he goes, he cleans up the pellets and he puts, you know, rat, uh, he puts like rat traps and he does all of this stuff. And then he puts peanut, I think we put peanut butter on it, on the trap. He does all of this stuff. And yo, we go to this trip and we were just like, thank God we stayed on, in, a, in a hotel. It wasn't the best for you that day. Remember that? It wasn't yeah. the best. But it, it wasn't the best. And then we came back. That's a story. That's a story for you to tell. And we came back. And when we came back, there was a rat on a trap. Only my wife is excited. It was a rat on a trap. That's a good preaching Maybe. point. Sorry. That thing was probably this big. That thing, I had a picture I, a of it. A little bit bigger. Probably this big. I had a, I had a picture of it. I could never, ever be able to get that rat because number one, we had wrong tools. Not only did we have the wrong tools, we had no experience on how to be able to go that deep and be able to pull that or be able to trap that rat bars. Yeah. But when we called a professional to come in, it took him a day or two and immediately he had our solution to solution to our problem, which we were terrified of. Can I tell you that everything that we've given to you over the last six weeks, culminating today, this is all about Jesus. Yeah. This is not about you listening to a preacher who talks loud. This isn't about an incredible communicator who takes her husband's job every time she preaches by herself. This isn't about nice or music that's ordered and done really nice and setting an atmosphere. Yo, Jesus is real. He wants to heal those things in your life, but you gotta be real with yourself. Yeah. I got an issue. I have problems, but when you open that up, your God begins to heal him. You got to get the pro. And the pro, his name is Jesus. He's the one that's going to be able to change your identity. You are not the mistakes that you made. Just because you did that doesn't mean that you are that. That you don't have to live in a season where you're hiding from people. And you're like, yo, I've been addicted to pornography for 10 years. But I've never shared it with anybody because I'm in a position that if somebody finds out, they might look at me a little bit different. You've been dealing with people in your family that as you watch divorce kill everybody in your family, you're sitting there and you're looking at your wife and you're like, oh my God, she's going to leave me. Something's going to 
happen. You don't have to live in that space. You don't have to live in a place where somebody sexually assaulted you. Somebody really did something dirty to you. They told you they were going to buy a house with you and then they lied to you. They took your money. You don't have to live in that pain and just hold anger and bitterness. I'm never going into another business deal with another person. You don't have to create these fake expectations. My mom and my dad, they were broke and we were poor. I'm going to make sure that I have a goal that my kids are never going to go without. I'm going to always have money. And then you're creating a fake goal and a fake expectation where you're trying to create legacy and finances for your family. But what's really happening is that God is nowhere in that. Because now when the money doesn't come and the deal fall throughs, you're like, God, you left me and you abandoned me. So I never told you to do that. That wasn't me. You put that goal on you because of what you saw in your parents. I'm your provider. My name is Jehovah Jireh. I will provide for you day by day, step by step. I will give you manna in the morning. I will take care of you in the afternoon. I am the God that's going to protect you. I'm going to walk with you. You're not going to do it. It's not going to be enough. We got to get to a place where we surrender ourselves to God. And some of us, even the idea of just coming to church is fearful. Just the idea of fully surrendering to God. But God, I know how to hold my life together. And God is just saying, it ain't been working, my guy. It ain't been working. And just the idea of just surrendering to God and saying, okay, God, I, I surrender. There's so much fear in that. Man, my hope and my desire is you will surrender it to Jesus. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow